Hello out there in the Pottoverse. Welcome to Weaver's Circle, the interview podcast for the Weave the Tale Twitch channel. I am your host, Spence, and on this show, we will be talking with the channel's game masters, casts of the game, and the designers of the games that are being played. And welcome to Weaver's Circle. This week, we are talking to Pat Long, our a GM for the last few episodes of Nibiru. Pat, welcome to Weaver Circle. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me, Spence. This oh, I'm so glad to have you. Um, so before we get into it, why don't uh, you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Okay, wonderful. Um, so I am the co-runner of Diesel Shot, our um, Twitch stream and content creation team. We uh, do a lot of content on our own channel, and uh, we're very happy to be networking with Weave the Tale, among other fantastic program programs like uh, Garblog Games and Tabletop Anthologies and um, uh, Milady Saito and, and uh, oh goodness, there's one that I'm missing, the Party Wipe Games, of course, how could I forget? Uh, you know, just marvelous experience joining the community and... Um, what we do at Diesel Shot is we put on shows, and I am the co-runner as well as the illustrator for a majority of our shows. And right now we're working on uh, putting on a Kickstarter coming up in uh, in April called Changed Stars, which will be uh, a marvelous sci-fi um, setting and uh, system that we've been working on for over a year now. So, you know, we're, we're excited. That's fantastic. And, you know, uh, I imagine there is a ton of work that goes into um, the creation pro- uh, process for for a game of that magnitude. Now, you said that you also do illustrations for mm-hmm. um, for the various projects that you're doing. Yes, absolutely. So for Nibiru, for instance, I um, illustrated the entire cast of characters. Oh, wow. Um, not just the player characters, but the NPCs as well. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of illustration going on. Oh, that is so cool. Um, so do you take a lot from what, so how do you, how do you introduce NPCs? Do you make them up ahead of time, sketch them out and then show them to the cast or does the cast influence some of your NPCs? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, so I had the fantastic opportunity because Weave the Tale is set up in such a, a nice and orderly fashion to get a chance to really talk to the player characters before um, we went uh, we went live. And uh, so that, that time gave me the opportunity to plan ahead uh, a good number of NPCs. One of them, for instance, is definitely tied to a certain character's backstory that I, I can't rightly uh, elaborate because next next week is going to be the finale and uh, oh. we're gonna find out we're gonna find out some things yay <laughs> um uh. yeah so uh usually I, I i tend to um i tend to uh, uh plan out my npcs a little bit but because of the uh the ongoing campaign aspect of this uh story i have had the opportunity to in between sessions draw new npcs that they would meet do you make that like uh, I know some uh, illustrators and artists do like daily practices. Is this part of your daily practice or is it is it a passion project? Mm. 
Well, it's definitely a a good, healthy dose of both. I'm very passionate about becoming the best artist that I can be. And this, the the entire Diesel Shop project, honestly, um, from the get-go, from from when I joined on, uh, I I think it's been a year and a half almost that Diesel Shop, or, well, gosh, no, sorry, two years coming up on, it's been a while. Um, Yeah. But ever since Diesel Shop started after the first couple months, I've been drawing over six portraits a week for Diesel Shot. Um, oh my goodness! Our productions, yeah. What's actually, the medium that you use? So I'm a traditional artist, and um, I put uh, a lot of my art that I make on my Patreon as like mm-hmm. something that you know, if you support my Patreon, you can use <laughs> in your content. Uh, Tabletop Anthologies actually does that uh, a lot with my work, which is fantastic to have them, uh, you know, enjoying. Uh, the the creations that I've made over the over the years, just mm-hmm. um, out of out of my passion for art and out of my desire to grow as a uh, as an artist. So traditional medium, uh, typically I am looking to branch into digital. I do pixel art as well, but I don't necessarily consider that digital art in the same way that I'm kind of talking about when I say I want to branch into digital. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do what a lot of concept artists do, which is where they uh, you know, employ um, high-end products like uh, Clip Clip Paint Studio and such to mm-hmm. um, to really uh, put out work that they can edit freely <laughs> and such. Um, but my my work tends to be uh, pencil and paper as well as ink and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm looking to improve my my work as much as I can, become a genuine. Uh. Uh, Genuine uh, artist in the tabletop RPG community. Yeah, I've I've been seeing clips and snippets of uh, Nibiru and seeing the art on there. I had no idea that you were actually doing uh, the the art for the different characters and stuff. So I'm just in awe of your talent. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, not only am I doing the uh, the art for the characters, but the uh, the backgrounds that you've seen, the maps. I made all really? the art. Yep, that's all me. I am floored. except except i should say for the fantastic art that we were given permission to use from nibiru itself now the the nibiru book is fantastic and it's filled Mm -hmm. with amazing art and fortunately i had the ability to reach out to the author and uh, ask them if they were willing to share uh some of their art so that i could use it on the stream and and they they said yes go for it use the art fantastic um so speaking of uh, Nibiru and talking to the author, um, how were you introduced to the game? Oh, it's actually a little bit of a funny story. Um, I love story stories. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so I, I had I had seen it, um, seen pictures of it, and uh, thought that it was super cool from like uh, you know about a year ago when or two years ago now it, it kickstarted originally three years. Good God, in I think 2018. And I saw pictures of it and mm-hmm. I saw the beautiful art and I heard that it was this cool sci-fi um, sci-fi setting uh, with with amnesiacs as the protagonists who don't remember what where they're from waking up in the skyless world of Nibiru, which is a massive space station um, that the people who live there don't even realize they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I heard about it back when it kickstarted. I didn't back the original Kickstarter. I did back the recent expansion pack, uh, expansion Kickstarter Xanadu that, that um, just came out and successfully kickstarted. But um, 
Uh, that's how I heard of it, but that's not exactly how I came to be GMing a game of it. Um, basically, I was told when when I was brought onto this uh, show that I would be uh, able to GM something uh, uh, from one of three options, and I was given the options, and they all looked super cool. Honestly, <laughs> I, I couldn't <laughs> pick between them. Uh, I was I was offered uh, potentially to run, uh, unless it interfered with somebody else, I think, uh, Parslings, um, Fate of Thulu, and uh, uh, Great American Witch. And they mm-hmm. all looked super cool. And I was thinking, which one of these really fits me? Which one of these can I put the best show on of? And it was a bit uh, a bit of a challenge to, to really figure out which one I would do. And then uh, kind of after I decided on one of them, I came to uh, Mitch and Mitch was like, wait, before you give me your final choice, I've got a fourth option for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he shows me the cover of Nibiru and I just said, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Mitchell now has the uh, the obligatory mention in this episode. Yeah. Uh, he gets mentioned in every episode. Never fails. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's, a, he's a guy about town. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, so did it that sounds a little serendipitous that this this uh game that you had seen and thought was really cool looking was then in uh, available for you to be gming i was floored i was like wow i have wanted to gm this for so long never had the opportunity to even get the book because mm-hmm. i've been so busy with other things like this just fell into my lap. Like, wow. I, I, I love every one of the games that I was offered, but this one was just whew, something yeah. something else. So um, unlike the other games that uh, or the other games on the channel, I am interviewing you after you're, you've already been running for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about the game? Like if people go to the YouTube and start watching the game, what kind of game are they going to be getting to experience? Oh yeah. Um, excellent question. So um I didn't get the opportunity to interview before. I've just been terribly busy this past couple of weeks. It's but... it's been a crazy couple of weeks. No oh, worries. <laughs> and I, I was involved just recently in another Kickstarter, Descendants of Darkness, that that successfully kickstarted, and that that, that contributed to why I Woo, didn't get a chance. Congratulations! To <laughs> I know <laughs> it's great. Um, but uh, yes, what sort of game uh, are the viewers going to be expecting? Um, so I I read the uh, the lore of Nibiru. It it took a, a lot because the book itself is so dense. It's amazingly mm-hmm. lore rich, and I love settings that are just filled with honestly like very very like revolutionary uh, lore. Like like the the stuff in this book is not is not lore that you'll find from uh, you know forgotten realms or something. This is this is very interesting new. Uh, anti-colonialist um, sentiment-laden lore, and it's very fun to just dig your fingers into it and uh, and probe it with your mind. Um, so I I was very inspired by the contents of the book, and when I was reading it, I, I made connections to other uh, media that I've experienced. So like, honestly, what 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 I went forward with with the vibe is something akin to, not to make too many references to outside media, but something a- akin to uh, Atlant- Atlantis, The Lost Empire, crossed with Sensate on Netflix and uh, a number of other 
kind of um kind of adventurous stories that expose the author or the viewer to um different ideas than they would otherwise uh otherwise be um uh, inclined to uh think about um so I, i'm probably babbling a little bit here but i, Not I just at all I'm, to... I'm fascinated oh thanks um <laughs> i'm trying to uh trying to convey the mystery um and the novelty of this interesting um experience that amnesiacs go through they they mm-hmm. are um lost in in they have lost, sorry, they have lost uh, their memories of their past lives and they're slowly relearning it, but they're not ordinary lives that they're remembering. They're remembering um, fantastical uh, stories. They're remembering other people's dreams. They're remembering the thoughts of the machines of the station themselves. They're, they're not just their own people. They're multiple um they're uh, comprised of multiple identities, um, each and every amnesiac. And that's something that I wanted to explore. So is it um, to, to relate it to another form of media that I'm familiar with uh, in Star Trek, the, the trill symbiotes where they have multiple different lives and experiences. Is it similar to that? I would say that I, I would say that it, it definitely can, be understood uh, in a similar way to that. I mean, I think there's something inherently, um, something, I don't, hmm, trying to phrase this. Um, there's something interesting and new about the, the concepts of really getting into character as one of these amnesiacs. Um, mm-hmm. Something that, that people have to think about how they relate to the world around them, how they relate to their, themselves and their own identity as they learn new things about themselves or other people around them or other machines or animals that they can experience the lives of uh, mm-hmm. while they remember. Do they recognize themselves? Like if when they first start the start the campaign, if they were to look in the mirror, would they recognize the person in the mirror? That is an awesome, uh, awesome question to ask. Um, I did set this. Uh, uh, I told the players that it would take place about a year or, as they would say, three cycles. Uh, anywhere from one cycle, which is three months, to, uh, or I guess a year is four cycles, sorry. <clears throat> anywhere from uh, <laughs> three months to uh, several years, um, they've been awakened. Meaning, like, they they have been brought to the main body settlement of Nibiru, which by the Mm -hmm. way, has a lore in and of itself, totally different from the amnesiacs who are waking up in a world that is alien. And the players uh, will, will experience with a uh, GM who's read the lore, a completely amazing alien world Um, on on the inside of a space station that was built by probably not humans and Mm -hmm. inhabited by creatures that don't share similar biology to humans. So um, would they recognize themselves, the amnesiacs in my story? Yes. They've been awake for long enough that they've gone through the stages where they look in a mirror and they're like, what, what am I? What is my name? Who am Mm -hmm. I? But that is a viable option for you to play with in the game. Uh, It, it it lets you, uh, lets you know that you could basically 
have have uh, your own reign of the place um, right. in the in the game. You can start them off as just waking up, or you can start them off years later. So, um, last question before we start talking about the other projects that you are uh, that you are in and that you are uh, excited about, and I'm excited to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that being an artist has helped you set the scene for in any of your GMing endeavors? Oh, um, yes, definitely. Uh, I think that being able to uh, illustrate what I'm intending for the players to see uh, is very helpful to, to me, at, at least, because this is how I operate and how I run games. Uh, I, I find that giving players a uh, a hint at what I'm trying to convey uh, can be very helpful when mm-hmm. I'm uh, when I'm GMing. That's I, awesome. Yeah, I love I love creating worlds and showing the players uh, what what I perceive of the world and working with players to create their characters and letting them show me what they think about their own personage in this world and having that influence my own subsequent uh, work. Awesome. Um, cause yeah, I'm just like, I, I get into other people's heads a lot and try to see the world through different eyes, different creative eyes. Um, so like just sitting here trying to visualize what it would look like to somebody walking in, seeing a person talking to a screen, you know, like we are mm-hmm. now. And how would I describe that to to somebody who's just walking in and seeing this instance? Um, the perspective is very different, but with an artist's eye, you might be able to um, really elaborate on that and make people feel a little bit more with that visual mm-hmm. um, visual eye to translate to vis- spoken uh, word. That doesn't make sense. It makes sense in my head. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so who if we can't make fun of ourselves, who can we make fun of? Oh my god, um, really. <laughs> so um you have stated uh that you are working on a few different projects. And I wanted to make sure that we had plenty of time to talk about these projects because they sound amazing and exciting um so where would you like to start thank you very much um so i i mean i guess we could start i I don't know if i'm really working on one major project called changed stars but i i'm affiliated with a number of other projects uh i recently kickstarted descendants of darkness which just just uh did its run and uh, we raised, I think, two thousand six hundred dollars. Translates to like nineteen pounds, nineteen k pounds. Which, uh, you know, I, I was brought in actually on that project as a hired artist, but became a partner uh, because I advertised it so well. <laughs> right. <laughs> which was fun. Um, you all probably saw, uh, probably saw me share a link to that once or twice in the Weave the Tail uh, <laughs> channel. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but it's exciting. Um, what is what is Descendants of Darkness? Um, so Descendants of Darkness, it 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 just finished its run. Um, it's a story about, or well, it's it's a, a tabletop role playing game, uh, 
about um, otherworldly women or otherworldly, I guess, people. I think we're expanding it to be more, uh, you know, gender inclusive, um, who are uh, contending with their uh, heritage. Some of them are like um, part fae, some of them are part uh, demon, or uh, there's a lot of different. Uh, there's a lot of interesting lore that the person who's actually writing the the, um, the Kickstarter came up with, and I've been brought on to illustrate and um, and share share the word of this um, uh, amazing creation. So um, I'm I'm drawing a whole bunch of uh, cool monster girl, <laughs> monster <laughs> girls, so to speak, um, yes. and uh, yeah, and and it's supposed to be just kind of like an empowering feminist. Uh, um tabletop role-playing game experience so Mm -hmm. that's what that's about i i i love i love monster girl art i think it's fantastic and and creepy but elegant you know Mm, yes i think it's awesome i'm an Um, enthusiast (laughs) yay we will talk about that later (laughs) uh um so Tell me about Change Stars. What is Change Stars? Change Stars is my baby. <laughs> is your baby? Okay, yes. well, what what do you want people to know about it? Okay. Change Stars is a unique and I'm hoping somewhat uh, uh, evocative and uh, inspiring uh, sci-fi setting in which uh, humanity performed its normal... Uh, concept of forming an empire and doing these horrible things and, you know, becoming the Federation of Firefly or the Empire of Star Wars, what have you. The, the humanity went out and did what they do. And mm-hmm. they, they thought about, uh, you know, they thought about conquering other species and they went about and tried to do it, but um, they were turned back by an alliance of other spacefaring species who thought no that Mm -hmm. uh you're not gonna get to wave your dick around in space just because you're humans you're not special and uh kind of brought them to uh brought them back to earth and uh helped them reform into a more uh into a more egalitarian and um uh, galactic harmony oriented uh governmental structure Mm -hmm. and the uh, the setting of Change Stars takes place 50 years after the formation of the Trinity, which is the first inter-spacefaring uh, species alliance uh, in the Orion's scout or the Orion's Belt between the uh, the two different factions of that war that uh, humanity lost. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, it's a story about, um, or it's it's a setting in which you can tell whatever sort of sci-fi story you want. But the setting itself, the meta story, is um, about the redemption of humanity. Ah. Um, and so if you were to set an introductory campaign, um, what what would you put your people through to kind of introduce them to the world? Oh, gosh. So there's so much going on in the world. Um, I've been working on this for over a year. Actually, I I say it over a year, but I think it's been 
uh, exactly a year today almost. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because I just got a Facebook notification that you posted this a year ago. <laughs> it was me talking about Change Stars. <laughs> I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> it's been a year. Crazy. Um, but uh, if I were to put a, a, a... So there's a lot of stuff that an introductory campaign could cover. And we're actually working on what are called frames. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have three major frames uh, for the story. Um, one is kind of a, a more conventional um, military sci-fi uh, setting in which you are a participant in a mil- military not akin to what we're uh, accustomed to that, that actually um, tries to handle situations more nonviolently and more... Um, conducive to harmony than than any of the imperialist structures that we have uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, so th- th- we have one frame that kind of handles that. Um, another frame uh, handles uh, life more on the outskirts uh, of the f- Trinity, which is uh, the union and um, a, a structure composed of three major species, uh, species uh, major, governments they're outliers and in all species we we try to tackle diverse and realistic um portrayals of non-human uh spacefaring sentient species and Mm -hmm. um you know the the one the one other frame uh that, that has a lot of fun conflict and um you know uh handling difficult situations is kind of akin to firefly where you're basically free free traders on the outskirts of a a socialist um society Mm-hmm. And dealing with the other species uh, and their major governmental structures, um, such as the Rast, who are uh, capitalist space otters, and um, <laughs> the Newsguai, who are uh, ANCAP uh, lobster shrimp uh, starfish-ish people. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah, we we have a lot of uh, interesting biodiversity. Uh, so, like the the core species of the. Uh, oh, and there's a third third frame, which is going to be more um, more oriented towards uh, inter trinity um, inter trinity uh, relations and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, the the core species of the trinity are um, the Thren, who are kind of um, androgynous deer ish people, and uh, the Marai, who are uh, an insectoid hive based species um, that have queens and a uh, kind of biologically uh in inbuilt uh caste system but uh it's not it's not creepy or uh um uh, oppressive as many many kind right. of caste systems like orson scott card would create you know um right. in fact i think the the motto of change stars is kindland orson scott card i'm gonna do my own thing <laughs> <laughs> um but uh um and and then there's the humans and then there's a whole bunch there's there's not actually a whole bunch of other sentient spacefaring species but those those that exist have a place in the trinity if they choose to take it um and uh it's a very um you know it's just a really lore-filled world and where you place your first to to bring it back to the original question because i've been ranting now for quite some time to bring it back to the original where would you place your campaign anywhere um Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I have done quite a few introductory campaigns, and they've all taken place in different parts of the expansive lore-filled galaxy. The mm-hmm. very first game I ran of it, the players were on a scientific mission to 
discover if a, a planet was uh, capable of being uh, settled on. And um, obviously, there were uh, there were some conflicts there when they found, ran into um, some human separatists who had already settled the place, and the uh. human separatists had some kind of backwards ideas about uh, the the Trinity being a, uh, a union that should exist. So right. there was some conflict there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've done another introductory campaign that Mitch actually uh, partook in, which you were all just, you know, rast on one of the rast home ships doing uh, investigative work for uh, a corporate overseer. <laughs> and um, then there's been... Uh, some that have taken place in the past of the uh, the setting, and uh, there are a myriad of options if if you choose to pick up Change Stars. The lore I'm hoping will inspire you to create your own campaign. Fantastic. Um, so we are coming to the end of our time together, but um, where can people find you online to get all the updates on everything that you're doing? Oh my gosh, thank you. Uh, I'm doing so many things. <laughs> I know, but it's exciting. <laughs> yes, it is exciting, stressful, hard to manage, but amazing <laughs> and exactly what I want to be doing. Yes. So um, to find me, uh, you, you'll find me on Twitter under the uh, username at long underscore spider or spider queen long. You can also Google mm-hmm. spider queen long. I'll probably come up. Um, all one word. Change stars, by the way. You can also Google all one word. Um, mm-hmm. My art will show up. Uh, oh yeah, and I'm illustrating change stars. So there's there's it's it's going to be filled with my OSR reminiscent uh, ink ink art, which is uh, just going to be such an experience to do. Um, and I'm also drawing this weekend a uh, an oil painting for the cover. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that- yeah. Sorry. What were you saying? No, I was going to say that's fantastic. Are you streaming that or or no? I might. I very well might. Oh, <laughs> you shot. should. Yeah. I. I. All right. Fine. I will. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, uh, you can find me on Twitter at long underscore spider. I post all my art there. I'm very active on Twitter. Um, you can find uh Diesel Shot, my uh my amazing streaming group on Twitch. Uh, we are very active uh, on Twitch and we put on a show like four to five times a week. Um, it's diesel shot, all one word, diesel like oil shot as in take a shot of oil, probably not healthy. Um, but, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, you can find me at um, those places. Also, if you find me on Twitter, my, my discord uh, link should be uh, pretty high up there. If not, you can find my collaborator whose name is Quadcore. Q-U-A-D-K-O-R-P-S on Twitter. And um, I think Quadcore's got a, got a link to our Discord. So you can find us on Discord, and, and I'm very active there, too. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on Weaver Circle. Thank you for having me. This has been amazing, and you're an awesome interviewer, and I've had a blast. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, well, thank you for that. And, uh, folks, we will catch you all next time. Woo! Thank you to our guest for joining me for this episode of Weaver's Circle. 
Be sure to check out their social media links in the show notes and tune in live for their game. Weaver's Circle is mixed and produced by Spence of ResonantMoon.com. Weaver's Circle is owned by Weave the Tail Gaming Channel and its parent company, Penny for a Tail, LLC. You can reach out to the podcast and find out more about our games at PennyForATail.com. Music in our intro and outro is Fearless First by Kevin McLeod, used with permission. Weaver's Circle is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. You can download it and share it, just don't change it or sell it. Remember, today is a good day to roll some dice. Thank you for listening.